Mondli Zonde is someone that we're going to get to know today because, you know, that's the wonder of music in South Africa. Just as you think you know all the songs, the good stuff that's being released all over this country, you find out not at all. There's people making a huge difference and we've got to get to know them. Mondli, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> very fine and fabulous. Thank you very much. So let me give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. So if you're at home and you're wearing no shoes and you've got to impress no one and you can just be yourself, who are you right there at home? Uh, uh, thank, thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm so excited to be part of the show today, you know. So in short, Mondizondi, I'm a Born again, a Christian, I'm a child of God. I grew up in Deppen, Guamashu, and I started serving in the music ministry at the age of 10 uh, under the leadership of my grandfather, you know. <laughs> and, and, and my first vocal coach was my grandmother. Nice. You know? Keep it in uh, the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, and, and I'm sure believers will attach to this. You know, uh, church choirs, they come and go. This Sunday, they are there. The next Sunday, they are not there. <laughs> so my grandmother came up with the plan. She wanted to maintain consistency, you know. And then she began to train us, the grandchildren. So I'm a husband. I've got three girls, uh, a husband to one wife. And I live in Israel now, in Gauteng. Um, and I serve at Hope Restoration Ministries under the leadership of Reverend S.C. Matebula. I'm sure many believers know him. And I'm responsible for the music ministry there as well. Yeah. So I am curious, because when you grow up in a family where it's expected that you go to church, it's the culture. Everybody goes to church around you, and you got to sing in the choir and everything like that. I'm wondering whether your Christianity was ever challenged, you know, when life starts hitting you and you find out, oh, there's life outside of the church and stuff can go really, really wrong, whether it was ever challenged what you thought you believe. Now, whether as soon as you're part of a wider community, and you find out there are other opinions outside those of what you believe. How do you know what you believe is real? Was it ever challenged? You know, I must be honest with you, and I'm always grateful uh, to God for the firm foundation that my parents gave us. And, and, And how they were running the church, they just made us fall in love with God. We fell in love with church uh, they they always make Sunday a unique day type of a thing. We're even eating differently as opposed to the rest of the other days. So Sunday was one of the days we were always looking forward to, and and the key element also was 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 that we were serving at church. And from time to time, you know, they would celebrate us. Hey, my my son or my grandchild, you you ministered so well. You know those encouragement. And then we fell in love with God because of these uh, uh, confirmations, not knowing that these are actually enhancing the growth, you know, our roots to go deeper uh, mm. with God. When I was a teenager now, I started seeing changes around me, you know, the certain things that began to be appealing, but the root was too deep. You know, wow. uh, such that 
it was no longer about being a Christian. I just couldn't think, uh, how can I disappoint my parents? You know, mm-hmm. worse when I went to tertiary. Tertiary, that's another world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you get exposed to all kinds of things, you know. But but again, because now at that age, you know, salvation was was the personal choice. Now I I I I I think they they spent more emphasis on that. You know that salvation in Christ needs to be a personal choice, personal choice, personal choice. So I I I continue to adhere to that. Um, and maybe I didn't mention this. I'm also an engineer professionally, so. When I started into my world of work, you you know how can it be? There's a lot of casualness. Mm. Uh, you get exposed to many things, and uh, you you even have money to fund a wrong lifestyle. Yeah. But because now salvation was the personal choice and the knowledge of Scripture, my love for Christ, you know, it was it was too deep, you know, a a even a thought of certain things was just rubbing me bad. So I got to a point where I became comfortable with myself as a believer. I said, okay, this is my lot. This is my life. This is my choice. I'm going to stick with it. And I am also going to pass on a same legacy to my children, you know. But I must be honest, there are times where I really, really got challenged, especially when it comes to uh, incentives where we are celebrating achievements mm. uh, in the corporate space. Everyone is drinking. All things are right there on the table. Worse, when your bosses tells you that take a sip, you know you can have that. You know it gets your head spinning. Yeah. But because it, it yeah because salvation was my personal deep conviction. You know I just managed to navigate through. You know, and until where I am today. Mm. So, Monle, do you experience that people respect who you are if you really and truly believe that? If you're like a backbone Christian where it's not something that's that you're doing because everyone around you is doing it. It's like this world has got a lot of time for someone, even if you're a Satanist, even if you're in New Age or something. If you know what you know what you know, that people respect that even if it's Christianity. You, you, you know, I must be honest with you in saying um, I, I have stood my ground numerous times. Even when it comes to management decisions, if something uh, 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 is contrary to what I believe in, you know, yes, much as it makes sense in a corporate space, but it contrasts to what I believe in, I, I will stand my ground. I would say, okay, I understand, but I don't agree with this, mm. you know. Hence, I decided, and, and this comes from scriptures as well. When you, when you read in the Bible, you, you will see a level of excellence in the life of Joseph. Mm. You know, Joseph was a finance minister. Daniel was a governor. Uh, Esther changed the religious system. These are people who were excelling in excellence. So I make sure that my work in the corporate space speaks for me. So that when I reject things that I don't want, then everyone, you know, says, okay, just pardon him because we know he delivers, you know. Now they, they, they need to bargain into saying, okay, this person 
delivers, this person operates in a level of excellence. So we, we, we can't force him into these decisions because we still benefit from him. You understand? And uh, personally, you, you know, I received a message uh, 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 early this week from someone who quoted a scene. We were at the restaurant and there was something wrong with the food. How we handled the, 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 the restaurant manager and the waitresses, we were not aware that there are people who identify us, you know, yeah. especially because as a, as a musician, you stand in front of multitude. People can identify you, but you don't know them, mm. you know. So that person sent me a message saying, I, I was impressed by how you handled the situation at restaurants such and such on month such and such. You know, it came as a shock. Mm. But I, I thank God that uh, one chooses to be a believer in any circumstances, you know, we just stand our ground. Funny enough that some of the companies, when I was living, you know, people would say, uh, you know, we love the way you have handled yourself as a believer, you know. So, yeah, so it, it, it it's like that. Mm. I do want to ask you, because people put God in a church box, nah? That's that's when you do God mm. is is when you worship Him and we get a message and you're together and we do the church thing, but they don't necessarily expect Him to have a say in your life when you're at work. If you now at work and what you have to do has got to do with business and it's got to do with planning and with small details and all that kind of thing, do you find that you have the opportunity there at work to ask His opinion and to get His leading? even in the stuff that you do that's got nothing to do with church? No, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, again, when, when you go to scriptures, okay, if you read Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, Praise be unto Christ, who has blessed us and anointed us as priests and kings. So when you look at the two words, the, the priests, is the Levitical duties that mm. us doing the church, mm. worshippers, ministers, ushering all those ministry gifts. But kings is, is the corporate type of an anointing. That's where you now operate outside the church walls. You understand? So, and, 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 and this is where my conviction is. You'll realize when you read scriptures that our predecessors, they will use their personal relationship with God to resolve corporate space riddles. Like he, Joseph, how he handled the economy of Egypt. He took that from his personal relationship with God, but brought it into the corporate space. Mm. David was a king. How he fought wars, when how he acquired strategies, to defeat the enemies of Israel. That's like a corporate space, but he uses his personal relationship. So yeah, I'm a firm believer of saying we don't we, we should not box God within the church walls. The same anointing that we feel in the church space, we are being empowered, is the same level of anointing and wisdom we should exercise out there in the corporate space. So they surely a big gap 
in the corporate space for the believers, you know, to get in there and operate at the same level of anointing and 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 and, and the clarity of mind through the wisdom of Christ. Mm. Yeah. But you can say what you want mm. to. There's a huge difference. There's a chasm between what the music that the world makes and the music that we make to God. Um, gospel music, music that loves God, that God loves listening to. Um, and that's the music that you flourish in as well. And I am wondering if you could explain to someone who, who doesn't know the difference. What's the difference between music you make for God and music about anything? You know, um, because you can make a love song for God or you can make a love song without God. Can you explain to someone the difference musically from the heart of someone who makes that music? Number one, when you are making music for God, it's mainly based on your personal life as you reflect in the wonders that God has performed in your life the journey you have been into with God, or sometimes the situation you are into in your life and you are making those prayer petitions to God. You know, I think you will see most of this when you when you read in the book of Psalms. You would realize that in the life cycle of David, sometimes he was happy, sometimes he was discouraged, yeah. sometimes he was being chased by enemies, sometimes things were, were, were stable. And from there, he will revolve all these life cycles around God. He will see God in every situation. And and him seeing God in every situation will brew a psalm from within as he takes back those things unto the Lord. When he sees stability, he praises God. When he sees his enemies, he runs to God. You you, you know, so that's how we brew the psalm. It's unlike... When I'm just in love with my wife, <laughs> and then and then I just create a song, a love song that goes to to her. You know, it depends to whom does the song uh, relates to. Who are you seeing, or who does the song coils around? You mm-hmm. know, that makes a huge difference. Yes, because you can sing to anyone. You know, but. Uh, and, and and again, when you sing for God, it's not about entertainment, so to speak. It, it's about sharing your conviction. It's about testifying about your journey with God, the victories you have seen, you know, where he delivered you and what. It, it revolves around God. It, it's not entertainment anymore. And one other thing I've realized now, this one is unique. When we sing for God, there is an influence in the atmosphere as opposed to when you just sing to anyone and any other song. I don't know it's if you, truth. you understand it's what I'm truth. saying. It's a, and the spirit, the spirit that, that creates with you. Yes. You know, the, the, the feeling that you have from within, the level of anointing and the conviction that you have from within gets translated into the atmosphere. And people who are in the midst of your worship, they begin to tap in the same feeling you have. Hmm. You know, it it grows from within, gets to the atmosphere, then people relate to it. I don't know if you've seen uh, those one-liner 
Yeah. A, a type of worship song. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone just says, someone just says, uh, I love you, Lord, or you are holy, Lord. He says you are holy. He relates to what he's seeing in the mind or in his spirit. But the reaction of people is the same as what he has because everyone taps into this level of anointing that is charging the atmosphere. But you'll never see that uh, when you are doing entertainment. You know, everyone is just happy, jolly in their own way, in their own fashion, you know. But in worship songs, there is that uh, seem, you know, a synchronized connection. You'll never see someone praising and another one is worshiping or another one is worshiping. Uh, but the, the 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 render of service is praising. There's always that synchronization. Yeah. Oh, oh it's <laughs> special. It's very special. Well, how do you create a song? Do you use your voice? Do you use an instrument? I mean, you love creating. How how does your whole songwriting thing happen? You know, specifically for the two EPs uh, that I've released, uh, I was reflecting back. Uh, on my journey with God, I released my music on my 40th uh, birthday. Uh, I was I was turning 40, and I, I thought to myself, "There's no best gift I could give to myself <laughs> than releasing my own music." Nice. You know? But yeah, but when I started writing, you know, I was just reflecting back on my life uh, from the time I grew up under my parents' leadership tertiary when I started the world of work, the corporate space, my church, you know, everything that has happened in my life, I realized that God has been my everything, everything, you know, all seasons, in and out, ups and downs of life, all twists and turns. He just remains, you know, that constant, you know, there's a, a scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, where God says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for I'm with you. You know, there's a, one of my songs is, is actually coming from there. And my other second song, the Zulu song, comes from Psalm 23. It is Psalm 23. So as I was praying, you know, in my, in my private space, you know, I began to reflect. Then these words started coming into my heart. Funny enough, I think it's the same thing that happens with ministers when they go to preach a sermon. They will see themselves preaching the sermon, (laughs) reading a certain scripture, even how they will render, you know, the sequence of of the sermon itself. And that's how it happened with me. You know, those songs just came rushing. I had everything. I had the BVs. I had the melodies. You know, and then I started writing and I did some voice notes so that I don't forget, mm. you know. Then that, 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 that's how all these songs, they, they came about. In actual fact, I've got about 12 songs written, finished, but I've only released the two because I thought I should give them enough breathing enough space. attention. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Until the sound finds a space in the markets because it, it's not a common sound, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give it space until it becomes known and then it, it occupies a room in the market. Yes. Okay, yes. well, we're going to listen to So That I First. If you could 
Before we listen to this song, I'd love for you to just tell us what you want us to hear. What's that message that you want to hook onto our hearts when we listen to this song of yours? So, as when I wrote this song, it was after I was reading uh, Isaiah chapter 41, especially from verse uh, 10, uh, where God says, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, for I'm with you, you know. As you continue with the book of Isaiah, there's a, a, a portion where God says, I will create the pools of waters in dry lands. Mm. I, I will plant the, 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 the trees, the cedars, the acacia, the myrrh, uh, in, 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 in dry land. I will create pools of waters in the desert. I will do a miracle such that whoever watches it will say it is the hand of God that is upon you. It is God who has done this miracle. So I want to say to the listeners out there, God will not do things because there is a possibility for them to happen. Neither prosper us because the economy is in good shape. God is God. He does things because he is so supreme and he is so mighty. So, child of God, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come out of confusion. Don't be afraid. So that's what this whole song is about.